Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, 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 Eric. I'm not even that excited about you, but you're, you're, you are going to take the brunt of my enthusiasm. Let's just set the stage a little bit here. It is Thursday morning. The, not, the morning after the biggest game of the Woody era so far, granted, there's only been three, sure. but it was a big game at Assembly Hall. The atmosphere felt big. Uh, everything felt big. And you, my friend, have been on fire since that game ended. On fire. It's just been so long. I mean, I, I know there was a couple of Michigan State games, but really it was that Marquette game in the Gavit games. In what, 2018? Maybe 2019 that felt like, oh, new era, here we go, this is really something. Um, Hopefully this wasn't another one of those. And and in a lot of ways, you know, especially coming down the stretch, it wasn't as dominant. But to me, they've got an NBA player just lighting us up from all over. And it got tense, it got scary, but that kind of makes it that much sweeter. I I think you feel differently. Uh, No, I want to focus on the good to start with. So I want to focus on the excitement uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about kind of perspective. Because to your point, this, this was the first real test. Like if we hadn't beaten Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois, it would have been like, well, that's really annoying. And hopefully just a, a new team getting its legs under its stumbling block, but it's like, okay, no, we're, we're not going to do that. But now here you go. Here's a team that looked to me like it's going to be in the tournament. That is not a bad looking team. And they were down, you know, one player who's an asshole and should have been thrown out of the game for hurting Trey. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's like, no, if we want to be in the tournament at the end of the season, we need to beat teams like this. And we did. I think that's true. And wins matter in the end wins matter. Um, and wins against top 50 teams matter a lot. And this was a win against a top 50 team. And, you know, we talked before the game, the way trace is playing overall and, and look, his stats are basically the same as they were last year, except Um, blocks. Yeah. Blocks are way up. And that's a good indication of, I think the overall story, which is just, I don't care what his stats are. He is a different player than he was last year or the year before. He is playing with a fire, with an edge, with a motor that we have not seen consistently for three years. And that to me is the most refreshing thing. Not to mention it's the second game this year that he hit a jump shot. 
It's the second game this year that he used his right hand on a move to the bucket. (laughs) But by the way, those are big deals because that right hand that he used, had he gone to his left hand, he would have missed that – Two, one of two things would have happened. He would have missed it or been blocked or may, maybe three things, been fouled, and then have to make two free throws, which we'll get into in a second. Oh, but boy. the motor and the way he's playing and the leadership that he's showing, you know, I mean, he got into it. Uh, he called out race, I think, one time for race taking a shot he shouldn't have. Yep. Like, it's just, it feels freaking different for Trace. And I love it. It just... It feels like he's playing with the joy and the passion that we've heard has kind of been instilled uh, by Woody and this staff over the last many months. I agree with all of that. We also heard from Rabby. He's definitely in the best shape of his life. We've heard Woody talk about being able to unlock players to go to another level that they maybe didn't even know they were capable of. And for Woody to be smart enough uh, to figure out how to bring that out of a guy who was already, you know, averaging basically 20 and 10. Right. To say, no, no, we can we can get you further. But I, I will say something uh, that was reported to me from our dear friend Angelo that in the second half, and we all know the second half did not go as well as the first half, Angelo, who was there, as he always is, was like, Trace wasn't as assertive. He wasn't as dominant in in the second half. And I guess watching it from home, I was kind of like, well, I I didn't think they did as good a job as feeding him, as getting the ball to him, which was something we've seen a lot in in Trace's career of the ball just kind of being lollygagging around the perimeter. But, you know, I I do wonder if it's like, okay, not just Trace, but the team as a whole. Now, this is two teams. We came out and just beat the hell out of a team in the first half let him get back into it, and almost blew it in the second half. So as this team matures, I think that is part of what they're going to have to learn to do is is a full 40 minutes of kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, look, I I watched the game a second time, yeah. uh, and I, I would say I, I think Trace touched the ball plenty in the second half. Yeah. What, what was happening was they were running that double team at him aggressively in the second half. And he, in the first half, almost made every right decision he could make. Great passes, a great pass to Miller Cop, a pass out to um, Race Thompson, which resulted in a missed three. But he was making the right decision or a quick move to the post. In the second half, they took him out of his game a little bit. He had several passes that were deflected where he, you know, the passes got a little lackadaisical. Uh, he was not used to how they were throwing these different defenses at him. So I'm not going to fault Trace for for yesterday well even maybe and it was only like a brief uh email exchange but so maybe i misinterpreted it but even just being more decisive and assertive with where he's going to kick the ball out once he got it maybe and and look there's another team there that's preventing him from trying to do it so let's not you know what i mean like yeah still had a really good game um other positives i mean we we talked just about the overall fight and energy that they had the chippiness, if you will, in the first half especially. Yeah. I just loved. To me, that is just passion. Trace Jackson Davis drew a charge yesterday. Yeah. And, okay. And like, and with a guy who, by all reports, is one of the sweetest humans on earth, for him to get ornery, I do think is really 
key for this team's attitude as a whole. And to see him jawing at one of the St. John's players as they're going into the timeout, you know X was jawing with those guys. You saw Tamar kind of get up in a guy's face there as they were like, I think it was going to be an inbounds play. Out-of-bounds play, yeah. And you see all these guys like, fuck you, we're Indiana. This is our house. Get the fuck out of here. And I love it. I love it. I just like that I'm just thinking about you telling me you don't curse that much. Well, I did watch the Colts hard knocks last night, which, uh, man, they dropped some F-bombs, particularly Darius Leonard. So, look, if they can do it on HBO Max, why not here on Peegs? On Peegs Max. (laughs) On Peegs Max Plus. Um, Yeah, the energy in the fight was just awesome. The whole energy of the team seemed better. But let's talk about another big-time positive. The first half of Tamar Bates. Oh, you know. That was... Go ahead and say what you said on our, uh, you know, I think you said it on on our halftime recap uh, when we were on with the goons. Do you remember what you said? I don't. I remember. I don't know who this was to or when, but I was like, Tamar is a star. Scoop is a star. I just didn't know he would prove it in the first half of his first big time game at Indiana University. Yeah, that that's what you said that like we thought we'd have to wait there would be baby steps and by the way it still will be. Like the second half they changed up and he kind of disappeared a little bit in the second half. That's to be expected with a freshman. But for me it is about forget like how smooth he looks, you know? Right. I mean I talked to Evan Martin from Community Cars this morning and he was like Cheney-esque, you know, wow. that lefty, you wow. know, which I was not willing to go that far <laughs> yet, but his feel for the offensive side of the game, I think he's got a ways to go defensively. Totally. But the feel for when to pump fake, how to just pump fake and get one dribble in and you've got a wide open mid-range shot, when to drive, when you've got a, a guy an advantage on a guy that's guarding you and you can, you can get that extra, that half step on him. It is so much fun to watch him when he is just doing his thing. And when that three ball falls, I mean, and it looks good. I mean, the three ball looks good. He can work on his feet a little bit, but it's going to come along. It is so special to watch. He's just got to start. I mean, like I just, he's got to start. I get not wanting to play him. I get he was battling back from injury. But I'm sorry, like, he would take Parker Stewart's spot. Parker Stewart may shoot threes better than Tamar Bates. He hasn't proved it so much in games yet. But Tamar Bates brings too many other things to the table to not be a starter and play significant minutes on this team. Well, and when you were talking about how nice it is to see Scoop do all those different things in the first half, well, of course, the reason he could do that is because of their space. Like, Good like point. we for like we didn't see this with Romeo, where all of a sudden you can just see this guy and it's one on one, and he's clearly the superior athlete and player, and he can figure out what his best chess move is against this guy. So it was like, oh look at that, it's just gonna be Tamar and this guy for a couple of moments, and Tamar was really adept at figuring out how to probe into the defense and get a good shot. And on the defensive side of things, I'm not worried about it at all because he wants to. He really, really wants to be good at that, too. And if Woody is showing us one thing is 
He knows how to coach up defense. And and I love, and we'll get to Woody later, but I love that Woody in the press conference, everything about Woody in the press conference, but that he says, I've got to get him better. I've got to do better at getting him better at that. Like Woody taking ownership of what the team is still lacking is a wonderful thing. And I'm with you. I I think Parker can come in and, and hit some big shots for us. He hasn't yet. I, I believe he will. Um, and like last night, a lot of people stepped up at the right time to bring that victory home. But Scoop, nuts to bolts, is the guy. And the more he plays now, and look, it's not like just because he's not starting, he's getting starters minutes. Yeah, like 27 minutes yesterday. Yeah, that, that by the time January, February hits, he's really going to know what he's doing. Uh, another positive, Miller Cop. Yeah, baby. Miller Cop, two for four threes, uh, scored 12 points at a time where we needed them. Critical. He hit a big three in the corner. He had some nice mid-range. He showed a floater. He went four of 10 overall shooting. I still think he's finding it a little. But we need that guy who can shoot from the outside when the ball swings. And I have faith that he can be that guy. And he started to show it a little bit and showed some moxie. I mean, the guy had three blocks. Yeah. You know, I mean, we know he's not the best defensive player, but he had a block, made a good, pushed it on offense, some good passes uh, as well for Miller. Um, but but to you just know, seeing the ball go through the hoop for him was big. It was. He hit a couple free throws that kind of made the 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 rim expand. And what I thought was fun to watch was not uh, completely unlike Scoop was the pump fakes, you know, yeah. the kind of sort of lean one way, go the other to get himself open to to create some offense, whether it's his own shot or just get the defense out of position and behind on their rotation so he could find somebody else. There's an intelligence at work there, and he's got enough athleticism to to make opportunities for himself and other people, which is great because there's there's a certain amount of limitation if a guy who just stands there in the corner waving his arm and occasionally because Trace is being double teamed, he'll have a wide open three. He's got more to his offensive game than that. So um, that, that was key. And I think we're going to keep going back to this theme to me, which is this was a team effort. There was a lot of guys who stepped up at critical moments and had their moment or moments in the sun and that was the only reason we were able to bring this home. None more so than Jordan Geronimo. Man, did Geronimo he make it count? Played Woo. eight minutes total in the game. Scored seven points, five rebounds, one, a hit a three. And, and just at a time in the second half, you know, all of those seven points were in the second half. Oh, And they critical. all came at a critical time yeah. where, truthfully, we weren't getting much done. And he hit a three. Uh, a jumper mid-range off of an out-of-bounds play, and then an awesome pump fake drive reverse layup that kind of showed him scoring at all three levels that I didn't know he had, truthfully. Um, and and five rebounds and and good defense when he was in there. So well, they, and, and, and not to forget at the very end, and this is again, Woody gives full credit. My my assistants were barking at me to get him in there for defensive purposes. Woody giving credit to somebody else for a really cool move at the end that just shows one how how confident Mike Woodson is to listen to his assistants, to take their good advice, to give them credit in the press conference, and for it to work out. Because guess what? You had Geronimo and you had Bates basically shutting down 
the hottest player in the country last night to not get a good shot off to potentially win the game. Uh, agreed. So a lot to be happy about. Uh, and, and also Christian Lander. Lander played sparingly, but he came in at a time where we needed a point guard and he hit a layup. He had a couple nice passes. He did get into some foul trouble, you know, quick fouls. One of them was BS, I think, but showed some moxie in that moment. I thought ran the team well, did not turn the ball over. Uh, had a really nice pass that goes unnoticed when they put the press on and he drove it up and passed it to race right in the middle of the court. Why, like that led to a nice uh, offensive possession. Uh, so really happy for, uh, for Christian. Yeah. Um, look, we, there was, well, I'll go back to the X factor because it ties in with Lander X. Wow. Like the drop off on this team when X got in foul trouble and left on both ends of the court. Like, I knew I knew X was going to be crucial to this team's success, but with the speed, the way he can he can get around the corner and go downhill and finish and make free throws, his strength, everything on the offensive end, his his size, his athleticism, his tenacity on the defensive end, there was a appreciable drop-off on both ends of the court when he went out of the game. And that really maintained when, because he was out of the game for most of the game. And if it wasn't for Miller having his moment, Jordan having his moment, you know, Trace and Race overall having their great Trace and Race games, uh, we we could have ended up losing that by several baskets. And the only thing that, to my mind, that really stopped that bleeding and and got us through until X could come back down for the last few minutes was Lander because he it just it, he's clearly uh, much further behind X in terms of both ends of the court. I think even more defensively, um, he's still got a, a longer ways to go. But then on offense, just being able to break the pressure and just to suddenly and attack it. Yeah, they're just that you see the defense start to scramble and him start to probe and and get in more towards the middle. And now there's a whole world of possibilities instead of Rob, bless the kid, bless the kid. But it's just dribbling out there near half court and and nothing happening. So to me, in terms of if if Scoop's coming in to to start instead of Parker, because there's just more positives there. Uh, for that player, to me, it's like let Lander get a lot of uh, of Rob's minutes. You know, I don't know if it works as well with kind of Lander playing two. Uh, you know, if if Rob's over there, some playing two, maybe I don't know. But I know when X goes out, when X is not running the team offensively, give it to Lander because you, we, we'll, well, we'll let's see, see what mistakes. we have. Yeah, yeah. Like well, that- Like, look, we've got three games coming up before Syracuse, and then a couple games after that, there's a Wisconsin and Nebraska game. Nebraska sucks. And then there's three other games that are shitty opponents. There's like seven games in the next few weeks against really bad opponents. We need to see Christian Lander with the regulars because we've had three years plus now of knowing what Rob Finnessy is. Yeah, We get it. We don't need to see Rob, and either does Woody. We, We know what he is. And look, there may be games where it's a real slowdown game, maybe Wisconsin, where yeah. you need Rob's defense in. Fine. But we can't wait and watch Lander play with five minutes left in the game with the scrubs in. We Agreed. need to see him with the rotation and see what he has because it's the mistake that Archie made last year. 
If you don't do it now, you're not going to do it in the Big Ten season. And this is the time to see what he has. And he clearly has a lot of talent. Yes. He yes. clearly has talent. Can he hone it? We don't know. This is where you need to see it. Look, and we've seen. And, and wait, one more thing, Ward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also how you keep him on the team. Okay. Sure. Like, sure. let's. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I mean, you don't play him now. He's gone. That that was going through my mind. I'm like, this is so good. Like, I feel way better about our chances of having Christian Lander on our team next year after this game than I did before the game started. And I think, look, he said it to us on this very show. His confidence was shot. And I think in practice, he has done some stuff and turned some heads and boosted his own confidence. But... It doesn't matter until you do it in front of 17,000 screaming fans. And by God, he did it last night in a very limited amount of time, which is even harder when you know you're not going to be out there for that long and you're going to be able to play through some mistakes. He did, to your point. Woody let him stay in there with some fouls. I don't think Woody had much of a choice, but that's a testament to Woody, too. Like, he didn't just kind of fall back on the safety of a senior who's maybe less mistake-prone. He's like, no, Lander, you just keep – this is your team now until I can get X back in there. And that, that to me, is how – and I love your point of how many cupcake games we have coming. It's the perfect time to give Lander, like, 15 minutes. That's That's what I said this morning, 15 minutes. Yeah. With real rotations. Well, and and to the point of real rotations, like, you are seeing Woody have basically two units. And so, to me, I'm less concerned about Lander being in with the starters, but you got 10 solid dudes – who um, I think you're going to see generally these five or six start off and then these, you know, four or five start to give those guys a break at a certain point in the first half. And and I love the idea of X being with the first unit, Lander being with the second. You'll have Trace with some carryover. And it all depend game to game on the matchups and how the game's actually yeah, being Yeah, and it played. all gets mixed, you know. Like sure. you don't, you don't, it's not a line change in hockey. But it's very um, different than Lander coming in for a few minutes at the end of a blowout with whoever else hasn't got much run. Yes. Now, it'll be very interesting moving forward to see what happens with Trey Galloway. I haven't heard definitively, but it seemed like the word was that he broke something. Yeah. Uh, how long is he going to be out? Who gets those minutes? But so let's go back to why my excitement was tempered a little bit as opposed to yours, which was unbridled. <laughs> The team shot 10 of 19 from the free throw line. The team turned the ball over 16 times. Yeah. And the team shot 33.3% from three-pointers, which is, by the way, like a high watermark so far. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs> but but it's not. And, yeah. and that is ultimately what I worry about for this team is if we do not shoot consistently well from the three-point line and the free throw line, I don't know how we consistently win games in the Big Ten. I I don't. And 16 turnovers is just too many. And that just worries me overall that we don't have enough talent that is good at making shots. And I mean like three pointers and free throws. And look, Trace Jackson Davis is going to shoot a lot of free throws. He was four of seven yesterday. That's not good enough. Rob Finnessy, 0 of two. Tamar Bates, 0 of two. It's like, if we cannot shoot better, I mean, Ward, our numbers right now, we're ranked about 260th in the country in three-point percentage and free-throw percentage. 
our, our is not good enough to win consistently in the Big Ten. Our ceiling is lower than we'd like to be it to be because of our shooting, and I I think to your point that's a, a talent issue that isn't gonna go away. So, I know that's what scares me. That's yeah. why my excitement is tempered, Ward. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you thought we were gonna be a Final Four team, no, 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 I no, I think you're disappointed. No, no, no. I think it can make the difference between making the tournament and not. I, I don't think – I think we have enough talent in enough places, and last night showed that they're, they're, all these guys are are gritty and are, are ready for it and to step up. And even, like, the pressure of blowing a lead to Eastern Michigan and not cracking, I think is the word Woody uses, you know, like, that to me is going to show that this team is going to find a way to win – often enough to get us in the tournament I hope. That, that that is why I wasn't disappointed by last night I'm like no this is a game we we needed to win we could win we did win and when we go through the Big Ten look I I, I think there's going to be a couple teams we just can't keep up with because they're way better at shooting than we are and that's where we're at with this season it's still early but we basically know who all these players are with the exception of maybe can jordan really really take a leap and tamar and christian yeah and christian yeah i mean it would be nice to see christian start like making some shots too but like and that could be the difference between like hey that was definitely a season in the right direction and we made the tournament to like oh shit we actually won a couple games in the tournament is because now we have six, seven, eight guys who can get double digits on a given night. Um, but I'm, I guess I was just so excited because I'm not, I'm contrary to popular belief. I I'm not blowing out my optimism for this team. And, and I never have been, I just, I basically, I've just wanted to see what we've been seeing so far, which is a more fun style of basketball to play and, and despite two bad second halves, we came away with the W, which is really all the committee's going to look at. So I'm, I, I, I'm happy that that we did what I think we're, we're living up to our potential. We are not exceeding it thus far. We're not like shocking the world with, hey, these guys can actually fill it up. No, that ain't going to be us. But hopefully next season, the season after, other guys, transfer portal, uh, coaching, we can start to be like, yeah, this this team's a solid shooting team now. But I'm not, I'm I'm not holding my breath. I, I will say this about free throws, because I don't know all the NCAA rules. Can't the coaching staff like put something down? Like, look, guys, outside of practice, like every day before practice, every day after practice all you motherfuckers have to shoot a hundred free throws. <laughs> like, like everyone on this team needs to shoot 200 extra free throws a day on your own time until we as a team are shooting over 70%. Is that illegal? I, I don't know. Um, I think guys can put in as much work as they want outside. There's, I mean, they can't be mandated, Yeah, but, but, but like, Wink, 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 wink. Maybe, hey, maybe it's a good idea if you guys do this. And if you don't, uh, then in practice, that, we're just going to run the hell out of you. I, I would just say at this point, like, there's just something wrong with Trace Jackson Davis's free throw shooting. Like, I honestly don't think it's mental. I think there is something. It's no legs. It's all arms. It's really flat. Like, there's just something wrong with it. And he's not going to reconstruct his shot. It's just not going to happen. And 
I don't know about the rest. I mean, the funny thing is race Thompson is a terrible free throw shooter. He was three for three yesterday. So let's talk I, about race I, for a second because race race did so many good things. He's going to be the guy who always gets over. He, he always has been, but this year more than ever next to trace as always, but what 15, five and four, something like that. Just like another really uh, glue performance where it's just like race is going to be the unsung hero of this team almost every night. Yeah, Race Thompson had four steals last night. Yeah, four steals. Um, That's what now, the Now, I will was. say this. He did get lit up by a, a better player. I mean, Champagne lit him up. And and Jordan actually played better defense on Champagne than Race did. I, I thought Jordan should have gotten that assignment earlier. Like when, when Yeah, Champagne it was a tough matchup for Race. Really, really started heating up in the second half. I'm like, you, you needed to, to do something to shut that guy down. Yeah, I mean, look, again – my excitement for the season is somewhat tempered only by I just don't think we can shoot the basketball consistently enough to win consistently enough in the Big Ten. And that scares me because I don't think we will sail into the NCAA tournament. I think it's going to be really close. Mm. And and that worries me. You don't. You think we're sailing in. I, I, I don't think we're going to be nervous on Selection Sunday. Okay. I mean, look. The one thing that I that I do not like is when I saw all the posts about this is a game we lose last year. All right, listen, I don't know if, if that is true or not, but I do know this. Last year in the non-conference, we played Providence and Stanford, two teams that were ranked in the top 75, 50, like good teams that people thought were borderline tournament teams, and we blew them out, both of them. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. This year we've played a really bad Eastern Michigan team and a mediocre St. John's team. And it came down to the last possession basically on both of them. So I'm just not losing my mind. I am excited about the brand of basketball. I am. Like you said, I think that the overall feel is just better. And now we have to refine it and get better on the skill side and fill in with more talent. And some of that talent is already on the team like Tamar Bates and his role growing will be good for this team. I hope Christian Lander, his role grows because I think the best version of this team is Lander beating out Rob for minutes and, and, that, and that will help. And I think that Jordan Geronimo playing 12 to 15 to 17 minutes a game could help this team tremendously. So really excited. And it feels like, like us, this team is, Powered by just never gets old, never gets old. Let's set the stage for our interview today because we're not going to talk about anything else. We're not going to talk about football. We're not going to talk about the number four ranked women's team, even though we should, because they're awesome. But we're going to talk a little bit about the future because we've talked about increasing talent and we got a chance to do something we don't often get to do, which is talk to a future Hoosier. And we did this interview before the game. Mm -hmm. So let's just make that clear. We did this in the hours before the game, truthfully to give Ward and I something to do. So we didn't go crazy waiting for the game, but this all happened before the game. You mentioned a couple of traits of of this team on the floor last night 
and Chippy, Moxie. And it is very evident after they listen to this conversation that this guy is is a perfect fit for what's going on in Bloomington right now. For those reasons and a myriad of others, uh, I really, really enjoyed this conversation with all of these people. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are excited today. We are very excited today because, you know, we talk to Hoosiers, right? And if we'd done this, oh, even 24 hours ago, this guy wouldn't have been a Hoosier. But he is now. Eric, tell the folks at home all about the latest addition to the Hoosier fam. Hailing from Centerville, Ohio, where he led his team to a state championship last year in a one-point victory the score of that game was 43 to 42 this dude scored 16 of the 43 points that's if i just do quick math that's basically all of them right that's basically all of them state title he has been called a winner he is a coach's son he plays for the midwest basketball club he is a top 100 recruit ranked by 247 sports and ladies and gentlemen choosing between schools like Ohio State and Stanford and Michigan and all bunch of other ones. Yesterday, he announced that he is taking his talents to the shores of Lake Monroe. Bloomington, Indiana, please welcome Gabe Cops. <laughs> Gabe, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I mean, we are just so excited to talk to you. We are, we, there's nothing that gets, look, we love wins and we love titles. We haven't had too many of those recently, but there is nothing that gets the fan base worked up like a big time commitment. And you gave that to us yesterday. So let's start with that. How did you communicate your commitment to the staff of Indiana and what was their reaction? Um, I actually kept it a secret, um, from coach Walsh specifically, just because I had known, um, him and he's been recruiting me even when Archie was there. Um, so I thought I kind of, it would have been cool to keep it a secret from him and make it a surprise. So, um, my dad kind of texted some of the assistants, um, and we kind of snuck over there and we're in the office and, um, coach Woodson walked in from practice and, you know, like hugged me and, you know, thanked my parents and my sister, you know, for the opportunity. And, um, then coach Yah went and got coach Walsh and said that coach, uh, Woodson wanted to talk to him. And so coach Walsh was pretty scared. Like he was in trouble or something <laughs> when he walked in, it was just me and my family sitting there in a bunch of IU gear. Wow. Wow. Can, t- tell us what Ryan's reaction was. Um, I think it was a lot of relief. Um, I think coach Woodson was really putting the pressure on him to get me. And, um, you know, I could feel that from coach Walsh and how he was trying to recruit me. And, um, so I think relief and joy, and he was super excited. Now we've gotten to interact with coach Walsh over the last couple of years. For those who haven't got to know him like you have over the last few years, very well from what it sounds like, what kind of guy is he and why was that so important in you eventually becoming a Hoosier? Um, I mean, the the word I would describe him as is selfless. Um, I mean, he he's not getting um, the praise he deserves. And, you know, he's not even like a, an assistant coach labeled. Um, so I think 
it just speaks to his character that um, he's he's able to do all this dirty work on um, kind of the behind the scenes stuff to be able to, you know, recruit me and recruit other guys and eventually make them um, become Hoosiers. And he he's not getting the praise, but he should. I mean, he works hard and he's selfless when he does it. So to be clear here, though, you you went to Bloomington yesterday and is that and you told them you were committing in person? I went on Sunday. Okay, and, got yeah, it. But I went and told him in person and then um, kind of sat on it until Tuesday. That is just awesome. That that's baller. I like that a lot. And and now you you clearly love the place. I mean, we were all getting a good vibe because we'd heard you've been there 17, 18 times in the last few months. <laughs> Are you just somebody who's very thorough in your research or were you just really feeling like a magnetism to the place and the staff and and everything that is Bloomington? Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I was definitely trying to be thorough and um, making sure I was making the right decision and, um, you know, making sure it wasn't just like a little crush or something on IU because that's definitely something that could happen. I mean, IU is a very intriguing and like oh yeah place that just seems like you would love it. And so I wanted to make sure it was more than just a crush. And um, as I went back over and over again, um, that feeling of just like wanting to be there and um, – you know, just meant like felt like I was meant to be there. It just kept growing and growing each time I went back. Did you do anything special to tell your family that you were committing to Indiana? Was there anything, uh, any, you seem to have a flair for the dramatic, both on social media and in person committing, but did, did you, uh, let your family know in any special way? Um, my, my mom, my dad, and my sister, um, just kind of knew, um, they saw me kind of, you know, gravitating towards it. And uh, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and some of my some of my mom and dad's friends came uh, last night kind of for my commitment party. And I just I had like a cookie for each for each school. And I took a bite of the Indiana one, put the hat on. <laughs> that, that was it. That is a great hat. Is that is that your first piece of Indiana swag? Are you now inundated with it? Did they give you like a box to go home with after you told them you were committing? Uh, no, they just, they just said to make sure I got some Indiana gear. And um, my sister was right when I told her that I was going to go to Indiana, she had our Amazon cart filled like $400 worth of Indiana stuff. So this hat is just one piece. Now, I've heard, you know, you've done quite a few interviews already, um, print interviews, people writing about the commitment. One of the things that you talked about is that you've seen several practices and you wanted to see Coach Woody, both in practice and games, hold guys accountable, that you were looking for that. Now, we may have crossed paths uh, at a practice once uh, in, in the 27 times that you visited. And, and I do remember that Woody... Uh, was especially in the in the mindset of holding people accountable that day. That is an unusual thing to hear from uh, a prospective athlete that you were looking for a coach who was coaching hard. What where does that come from, and what did you see uh, from Woody in that in that perspective? Um, I mean, the reason I want I want coaches to hold me accountable is because I just want to be the best player and best person I can be. Um, and I don't want them to hold anything back from me. I mean, I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to become better. So 
if they see something that they think I can get better at, I want them to tell me um, so I can work on it. And I think just from my dad being my coach, I mean, I, he, it's probably 95, 99% negative and 1%. (laughs) So it's just what I'm kind of used to. Um, And I really was impressed with how coach Woodson handled it. I mean, you could, you could feel, like him get on a guy and then like a couple minutes later, he would make sure like he knows like their family. Mm. He made, uh, he made sure to kind of follow up and make sure it, uh, those guys weren't taking anything personal from it. Um, I see, I just see accountability as um, selflessness and just like wanting the team to be better and wanting the team to win. Now you had said you also wanted to see coach Woody and the rest of the staff in action when the lights were on. So you got to Bloomington, you saw yourself a game, you'd been in assembly hall when it was empty, but just kind of describe the feeling of being in there. And, and did you allow yourself to imagine yourself on the court playing there in a couple of years? Um, for sure. I mean, the feeling, the feeling of assembly hall is unlike no other. I mean, um, just the fans and the, the older people just like everybody is into the game and they're there for a reason. Um, not many people just come to an IU game just to like hang out. Um, they're all, they're all interacting. And I mean, the first thing I asked my sister when I got, when I got back in the car is, can you see me playing there? And she said, yeah. And I said, me too. So, I mean, I knew, I knew that um, it was the place for me um, once I won the game. That was it. I was going to ask, when was the moment for you leaving that game? Yeah. I mean, it just, it kind of, I was always leaning. And then as I kept going back, kept going back, seeing practices, it just kind of grew and grew. And then after that game, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's my place. So you commit, obviously the world, I would imagine explodes for you. Texts, DMs, Instagram posts. Obviously, you watched our commitment cigar video, and that really made you feel good about being part of Hoosier family. My daughter did a video trying to coax you into a commitment earlier in the week. But you also get a shout out from, I don't know, the most famous person in the world, LeBron James, who you have some history with. Uh, Walk us through what it was like just to see the shout out from King James and then if you could tell us about your relationship with him and where that started. Um, I mean, the shout out is just kind of normal to me at this point from him. I think of him as any other person. Um, and yeah, yeah. Us too. Us <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. Just LJ. That's what we call him. LJ. Yeah. I mean, just the, the relationship I built with him was um, basically playing with Bronny on the blue chips and um, you know, uh, LeBron was amazing with me and every guy on my team. Um, he just like, I mean, I thought he could easily come to the game and just sit in the corner and cheer for Bronny. Um, and like, that would be acceptable. But instead he, he came to the games whenever he could and he would get up and talk to guys and be on the bench and like be cheering for everybody. And like a guy would turn it over. He would give him five, like, it's just he did so much more than he really had to do, and that made me really respect him. 
I'm guessing that's something you are also learning from him about about leadership. Is there anything else being around him or even his son or seeing them interact that you're picking up on your gleaning and you're like, well, if this was is what makes the guy the greatest player of his generation, if not all time, this is something I need to bring into my life and my game. Yeah, I definitely think those leadership aspects I, I learned and um, just being at such a young age playing in those type of atmospheres. I mean, when, when we would play, the courts would be surrounded. There was no room at all. Um, like if you shot a layup running too fast, you were going to run into cameras under the rim mm -hmm. and just being able to have those opportunities to play in those types of atmospheres was um, really beneficial to me um, then and kind of continuing on now. Um, you've been to Bloomington a bunch. One of our favorite things is the food in Bloomington. When you're a recruit and on official visits, they take you to restaurants. Do you already have a favorite restaurant in Bloomington? What is that breakfast place called that we went to? It's something. Village <sighs> Deli? No, it was like. Principal Spoon? Uptown. Uptown, Uptown Cafe. Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, their breakfast was really good. All right, now wait, who are you talking to off camera? my mom get get your mom on camera we need to see your mom mom we need you we need she's, to see who's responsible she's coming she's we gotta, gotta get mom on mama cups she said she's gotta run and put a hat on she, all right that's fine she can run and put a hat on but then we need to see mama cups so uptown cafe great classic did you get buffalo's chicken wings Ah, uh, i don't think so mm. and and what about did they ever take you to a steakhouse? Um, I know I got steak somewhere, but I can't remember the name of it. All right. You've got time. You've got plenty of time. Plenty Definitely. of time. But Uptown is a is is, you know, top three breakfast place in the world, by the way. In the world. <laughs> I got you. Oh, there we go. There Hello, she is. Mama Cups. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. My name's Betsy. Hi, Betsy. I'm Eric, and this is Ward. Hello there. So, so what's this like like for you? Is there is there just relief? Is there joy? Is there like, okay, now we can move on to the next part of our lives? Um, I would say uh, both of those things. Um, it was good to see him come come to this decision and be able to kind of enjoy the his last two years of high school. Cause it was it was crazy from June to to now lots of stuff going on um so a little bit of relief in that way but also very happy for him that he i mean this is one of his dreams to be able to play um high major basketball in college so awesome to see him do that so betsy obviously ward and i are both parents we have younger kids uh the idea of your baby going away and starting <laughs> their life kind of away from you is a big deal what was it about Bloomington and this staff that made you comfortable as the mom here to know that Gabe was going to be taken care of? Yeah, I just, I mean, it was kind of just a feeling with the staff um, as we got to know them. I have no problem turning them him over to them. Here you go. Take him. <laughs> <laughs> You're pushing him away. You yeah. taking him out. I want to see if they'll take our dogs too. So I can have <laughs> And then I would say Bloomington definitely um, 
we're from a small town and Centerville is not a small town. We've lived here for eight years, I think. So it kind of felt like Bloomington was a little bit more nostalgic and um, I don't know, felt kind of more, got that small town feeling, even though I know it's not, but it definitely is not the big city of Columbus. Oh, sure. That's okay. That's okay. Or, um, you know, those other big cities we visited on, on college tours. Sure. <laughs> now, you uh, are by proxy, if nothing else, surrounded by basketball between your husband, Brooke, and obviously your son. Basketball, very big part of your life. Are you just like all in on that and you're totally basketball crazy too? Or do you kind of keep it real and keep it grounded? Do you try to bring some other element to the table when you're all sitting down for dinner? Uh, that's hard to do. No, it's <laughs> pretty much all in for basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that's just what we do when Brooke and I have been married for 22 years. That's just what we've done. So yeah, it's basketball. <laughs> so, all right, look, we're just getting to know Gabe. And what we know of him so far is the kid seems perfect. Okay. He <laughs> just seems, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what we want to get to. So mom, we need something embarrassing that grounds him a little bit. Give us some, what's an embarrassing story or something silly that he does that just still annoys you or something we should know so that we don't think he's that perfect this quickly. Yeah, I don't, he's definitely not perfect. Um, a story <laughs> or something that specifically doesn't come to mind, um, but he's super goofy. So, okay. and a little bit weird. So some people are like, <laughs> Wait, how is he weird? What What is weird about him? <laughs> no, I. she just thinks I'm weird because like, I actually just like spend all day in the gym and she's like, <laughs> yeah you need to rest and i'm like oh i'm good so she like and like i just joke around a bunch so she thinks i'm weird. yeah he's she likes to joke around i would say probably um another thing he's he's the baby of the family and mm. he's a little bit spoiled uh mm. I get people to do things for him instead of just doing it himself uh, <laughs> somebody that doesn't like to do his own laundry perhaps uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Food for himself. No. All right. Well, you only got two more years of that game, and then it all changes, my friend. I'm not looking forward to that part of it. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Well, Betsy, we didn't mean to interrupt your evening as well, but thank you oh. for for saying hello, and we are very excited for your whole family to now be a part of the Hoosier family forever. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Gabe. So now let's go back a little bit and, and to go jump in the time machine. Not all that long ago, but when basketball first entered your life, what's your first memory of you meeting the game of basketball? Um, probably me sitting in a ball cart at my dad's practice um, in St. Paris, Ohio, which is where I kind of grew up until third grade. Um, but I mean, I'm, he just brought me to practice all the time. And, um, that's kind of my first memory of it, is just sitting in the ball cart, watching his teams practice. When did the, the light switch on for you as saying, oh, this isn't just something I do. Cause my dad brings me to it, but this is, I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start practicing and playing because I love it. Um, I think, I think before when was that fourth grade? Um, I kind of like my dad would take me to the basement and like he would find little tricks to get me to do like ball handling drills. Like he would give me a sticker if I could get twenty left hand pounds in a row, and so like. And then I just started to kind of like fall in love with competition, really, um, not necessarily basketball. Um, so like when he would go back upstairs, I would sit down there and like practice my left hand dribble. So next time he asked me to do that, like I would I would impress him and get like five stickers. Um, <laughs> but then um, as it kind of moved on, I mean, my my love for competition really has never changed. And. I mean, I'm always just like making up games, whether it's with my cousin or with my sister, like throw a rock on the roof, see who can catch it when it slides down, like just stuff like that. And I think the change of like me really wanting to like work out and get better at the game um, was just when I decided to make basketball my platform for competition. Um, And that's really why I work so hard is just like I want to win. And, you know, I have to, if I have to be that good to win, then I'm going to, I'm going to work as hard as I can to be that good. And, um, I mean, when I tried out for the blue chips is really when I think I took it to the next level of, uh, working out in fourth grade, I started like coming in to shoot before school. And like, I would shoot before school at the elementary that my mom taught at and, I mean, I'll work out for 45 minutes, go to school, and then I would have, like, practice after um, for my hustle team. And then I don't think I've missed, like, a morning workout since when I've been home. I mean, I've just – all throughout middle school, I would go to the high school to shoot and then go back to middle school. I mean, um, I just really fell in love with basketball as my my competition. Who who were the players that you looked up to, watched – maybe even modeled some of your game after or tried to take pieces of their game and put into your game. Who were those? Um, I mean, now it's more of like Chris Paul and Luka Doncic and guys like that, just reading ball screens and stuff. Um, but earlier, I mean, I think the guys I looked up to were the guys on my dad's teams. I mean, all throughout elementary and middle school, I was on the bench, like jumping up, shooting three-point arrows like when guys would make shots and I just like really admired those guys they seemed like superheroes to me so like those those were like my cartoons when I would I mean anytime there's a practice a shoot around a game I was there I was on the bench I was cheering them on giving them high fives and I mean I think that's where kind of my IQ and love came to you mentioned cartoons and I do wonder, as you found this love of competition and then basketball at a young age, did you ever watch cartoons? Do you watch movies? Do you watch TV shows? Do you do, you do anything besides play basketball uh, that you enjoy? That, you know, us normal people do. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. Us people who don't get to go to IU to play basketball. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was younger, it was I would watch cartoons cartoons like tom and jerry and spongebob and stuff like that usually when i when i would stay home from school like on sick days um but <laughs> now i mean like 
my schedule today, I mean, I just got home. I left at like 4.30 this morning. So like, I don't have that much time. I mean, I have to do some homework. And then, I mean, after that, I'll eat and take a shower and go to bed probably. I mean, I just don't really have that much time to do anything else other than school and basketball. And I'm completely fine with that. It's what I love to do. Do you have a favorite movie of all time? Um, I mean, Hoosiers is up there. Yes! Yes! That is the correct answer. Again. I heard up there, but I'm pretty sure you said number one all time for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Great answer. It, it was merged. It was burned into my brain by my dad. I mean, he said he, he said he watched the full movie of Hoosiers before every high school game he played. Wow. He <laughs> I love that. Now let's every- talk about, you 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 you've mentioned your dad now. Obviously, we, close... we can't move on from Hoosiers just yet. Oh, okay. Have you gotten to meet Angelo Pizzo yet, the writer producer of Hoosiers? I have not. He moved back to Bloomington after taking over Hollywood, and he will be in attendance at every single one of your home games. He's an amazing human being, and uh, it just kind of goes to show the allure of this town you're you're going to now call home because it's a guy like that who had the world on a string, wrote the greatest sports movie of all time. He had to move back to Bloomington to be closer, more than anything, I think, to the basketball program. Yeah, a guy yeah. who, who grew up in the 50s rebounding balls for legendary IU basketball players back then. So, you know, even I'm sure before you're back there as a student and player, when you get back for a game, Angelo will be in the crowd. And if you're listening, Angelo, go say hi to Gabe. And Gabe's dad. I mean, that's the key. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit more about your dad. And, and you know, it's always a, an interesting relationship when your dad is your coach. So I assume your dad obviously has been teaching you the game of basketball since you can remember how is it playing for your dad, who is also your your coach? What What is that relationship like? And are you able to be dad, just dad ever, and just coach ever? Um, I mean, first of all, it's really cool to play for him. Um, I think he's a really good coach, and I know a lot of other people um, think that as well and, like, really respect him. Um, and I think we try to uh, keep, like, coach and coach and player at the gym and like dad and son at how at the house but um you know you can't help but like leak those things over and you know I I think like my competitiveness and like um his competitiveness too um him knowing the game of basketball and me thinking I know it um as good as him uh, makes us butt heads quite a bit and usually my mom has to step in and like separate us from that argument <laughs> the mediator uh, i do i think it's so rare that the father and son share the same passion like both eric and i with our dads we all love iu basketball watching it cheering for it talking about it but the whole game of basketball is something that you both eat breathe live sleep do you ever like you know it's christmas morning do you guys ever just man, this is really cool. We get to be on this journey together. Oh, we just won a state championship together. Are you already thinking about how you're going to win again next year? Or can you take those moments and just be like, what we have so few father and sons ever get to have? 
Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's definitely just something that you have to think about. Um, I think like realizing what you have um, to be grateful for is something super important in life. And like, I mean, the, the best moment with my dad was last year after the state championship, like when we won and like I ran over to him and like we hugged for like 15 seconds. And all we said was, I love you. I mean, it was like, those are the moments that I'll never forget. And like, that's what all those arguments and all those, like him yelling at me, him screaming at me and throwing me out of practice, like making me do burpees. Um, you know, it, it makes it feel worth it. Um, when you see those results kind of, um, show from that work. And I mean, yeah, I, 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 I like that you mentioned him throwing you out of practice because that is a very old school Bob Knight thing to do and a motivational technique. And I noticed in some of the pictures of you online, you are wearing a shirt that is of Bob Knight throwing a chair. And before we go on to much more, we are welcome. We are joined by the father that we've been talking about very much in this podcast. Please welcome Brooke Cups. Hello, Brooke. What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, I am good. I feel like we need to call you coach. I, I feel like that you have earned that and deserve that. And your son has been, believe it or not, praising you for the last 20 minutes. Um, but don't don't let that build up your ego because we want you to give us some stuff on him that is embarrassing. Um, but, but, Dad, now that you've jumped in, just how good does it feel in the wake of this commitment to Indiana University that, that your son is, is fulfilling part of his dream? Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, uh, he's been a, he's been a guy that's been the little guy on the bench. I was just telling somebody, I remember him sitting on the bench and his feet didn't reach the ground. He's celebrating plays and charges and everything. And so it's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, I, and I think it's, it's worked out so great because I mean, basketball is what we do. Um, it's all, all he's really ever been around and to be able to play at a place that values basketball so much is pretty exciting. He did inform us one of our favorite facts we've ever learned on this show, which is that before every high school game, you would watch the movie Hoosiers. So one great job at telling (laughs) your son what it takes to be uh, a true aficionado of the game and of cinema. I do wonder, uh, unfortunately, Gabe grew up in a time where Indiana basketball hasn't been at its best. And uh, the other three of us can remember some really great basketball in Bloomington. And Gabe, you've mentioned wanting to bring that back. There's appeal in that for you. What have you guys, Brooke, have you been able to talk to him a lot about the Indiana University basketball team you grew up watching? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I did the Steve Alford All American Workout growing up, the fifty yes. minute All American Workout, and so he's he's well versed in all that stuff. Um, he's always kind of been a been an old school guy. Like he's, you know, I catch him watching videos of, you know, of of Isaiah or of Jordan, of Bird, and so he's always kind of been a, like a little bit of a throwback guy. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about, about Indiana and coach Knight and, you know, what the, what the program really represents and in, in my opinion, what it stands for, um, and, and kind of what, uh, 
what Indiana basketball always meant to me growing up. And could you specify that? What, what it means to you and you think it represents? Yeah, I just, I mean, I always had so much respect for coach Knight's teams because I just felt like they always got the most out of their guys. That That's probably how I would say it. I, um, I wouldn't say I was a diehard fan, but Indiana was the team I always watched because I could, all, I appreciate I appreciate people maximizing what they have and maximizing their potential. And so um, I, I think when we talk, when we would talk about Indiana and coach Knight, that was always it. He, he always got the most out of the guys that he had. And, you know, they were always going to compete regardless of who they were playing against. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the mindset that, that he's kind of been raised under and, you know, that we, uh, we appreciate and value. I can't think of a better person to describe the game of Gabe Cups than his coach and dad. Uh, if you were describing it to a fan who had never seen him play, how would you describe his game? Um, I would say, I mean, he's a he's a skilled, kind of chippy, kind of edgy, like gonna not gonna back down, gonna gonna play with a little bit of edge to him. Um, He's going to defend. He's, he's a, he's a hard nosed defender took like 38 charges last year. So yes. he's gonna, I mean, he's going to do that stuff. Um, you know, he's probably telling you a lot of good stuff about me right now because he knows he's got to go to practice again tomorrow morning. Listen <laughs> to me yell at him about being in a stance and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, I would say the main thing about him is he just cares about winning. Like he's like, he's going to do whatever it ha he needs to do to win. That's always been his first priority. Um, you know, he's, he's going to, whatever that takes, he's going to try to find a way to do it. And he's, you know, he's not, he's not afraid to, to get on guys and hold guys accountable. Well, that's something I think in the past, probably 10 years, that's, that's really decreased in my opinion, in terms of coaching high school kids that are just, they're also afraid to call guys out and hold people accountable. And, you know, he's been able to get past that. He he's whatever he's got to say to, to help us win. He's going to say it and he's going to try to figure out a way to, to get everybody on board. Now, Gabe uh, and Brooke, you guys have been going through this courtship. You've had many division one schools uh, wanting you to be a part of their family. We win. We all win. Uh, the Hoosiers won. So now that you don't have to worry about that dance and uh, you can focus on obviously these next couple years of school, but also Gabe, your game, is there a, a sort of a, a line of communication uh, between the IU staff and the both of you? Are you going to send them tapes of games? How is the feedback loop going to go uh, about, you know, how, how they're going to help the two of you get Gabe ready to show up in Bloomington. I'll let Gabe go ahead and start with that, but I got some stuff. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, we're definitely going to send them um, film of me playing and um, of our teams playing. And I think Coach Walsh and Coach Rosemond are definitely going to, um, you know, communicate with us and make sure they're getting those films. Um, uh, I mean, I've, I've already communicated with them that I want them to tell me, um, and hold me accountable to whatever they think I can get better at. Um, so whatever they say, I mean, I'm going to do, and I'm going to work at it and improve my game all throughout, um, until I get there, um, just to become the best player I can be. And, um, when we get there, just being able to help them win. Coach. 
Yeah, I, w- I would say I would echo that. I think, uh, you know, I think, you know, I know money has already said a couple of their other assistants have already said that they want they want to make sure they get some game film and some as much as they can. And uh, we've sent practice film over already um, a few practice films and uh, we're, we're definitely open to whatever whatever feedback they have. And, um, you know, we'll try to implement um, as much of it as we can right now. And then in the off season, we'll definitely be heavy into it. I mean, you know, I mean, we know a lot about coach Woodson, a lot of ball screen stuff, the balls in the guards hands a lot. So there's some, there's some clear things that, you know, we want to improve his ability to read ball screens and play off of that and find the open guy and create, create advantages for, for him offensively. Um, You know, and we'll just continue to work on the leadership stuff. Uh, that that we know they have they've been you know very direct about evaluating that out of their point guard so uh, you know a lot a lot of good stuff but we we're all ears we will listen and try to get him as ready as he can be and then you know it's an exciting thing for me because I've coached him for a long time and so um, it's it I I have to trust the people that I'm handing him over to because I've I let him play one year of AAU with an, with somebody else and I about threw up watching him. He had so many bad habits after about two weeks. I was like, we got to get his ass out of there. So <laughs> we, uh, we got that fixed. And then, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think he's, he'll be in great hands. Uh, I'm looking forward to them taking his game to another level. Now, listen, your wife, we got to talk to her a little bit. She did tell us that your son does not like to do his own laundry. He likes to have stuff done for him. So we know what kind of game he has on the court. Give us something that annoys you about Gabe off the court. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot, there's a lot of things. I love to see. Uh, one is him is him trying to get his mom to do stuff for him that he knows he can do himself and that he, he never asked me to do because he knows I'm not doing that for him. Um, but it sounds like maybe mom does do it every once in a while. Mom, mom gets suckered in. Yeah, she does. She does. It's, it's still her, still her baby. Still her baby. I just need, I need him to rebound in practice. So I'm not tear, carrying his dishes to the sink for him. Um, <laughs> Brooke, I do want to ask you, you, you're obviously such a a, a student of the game and it's been part of your life really forever. Um, Assembly Hall is a special place in in the annals of of college basketball history. When you got to walk onto that court being recruited with, you know, with Gabe, what was it like just for you to be there and look up at the banners and and did you allow yourself a moment of just kind of living vicariously through your son uh, and take a step back from, from doing the evaluation that you needed to do for the recruiting process and just enjoy that moment? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I, I think for, for Indiana, for me, it's the, you know, it's the candy stripes and the, and the script uh, warm-up jacket. Those, yeah. those to me are like the things uh yeah like you know i i just think i think that's so cool and you know being able to go into assembly hall and you know walk around he shot you know he worked out there in there one morning on one of his visits um and just rebounding for him in there was i mean it's kind of surreal you know it's 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 pretty cool place and there's been so many things you know you look up at the banners and you know we were we talked about the stars on the back of the uh, back of the uniforms and he as I told him you know those represent national championships and 
Yeah. So we got to talk about a lot of that stuff and it was, it was pretty cool to kind of reminisce about some of that and some of the stuff that, you know, I appreciated so much growing up and, you know, being able to share that with him. Awesome. It was mentioned, Gabe, in your interview with our good buddy, Jeff Rabjohns, that you guys had done a little bit homework behind the scenes on Coach Woodson in particular that broke with your many years in the game. It's it's a big family across the country of coaches and traveling on the circuits and, and swapping notes. And we heard sort of generally Coach Woodson's a great guy. People really respect him. But I'm wondering about, you know, some of the specifics. You know, what did you hear about him as a coach, as a person that, yeah, you can get a pretty good feel for somebody in a, in a few visits and some phone calls. But what's the scuttlebutt out there on Coach Woodson? Um, I mean – the things, the things that we heard, um, I mean, we were only going to people that we trust, um, their opinion and the things that we heard were just like loyalty, really. Um, Mm -hmm. like coach Woodson, when you're with him, like you're with him forever and he's going to back you up and he's going to have your back. Um, and like, I, I really respect that. And I think him coming back to IU just kind of shows that and is an example of that loyalty. Um, he feels to coach Knight and, uh, and, uh, to Bloomington. And, um, I think, I think it's really cool. Yeah. And, and I talked to Larry Greer is a, is a good friend of mine and Larry, Larry knows, uh, coach Woodson really well. His brother is on the Knicks staff, um, when coach Woodson was there and Larry's an advanced scout for them now, but he's he's one of the guys that really helped me throughout the whole recruiting process because he pretty much knows everybody who's in the college game for a long time and now and has been in the NBA for a long time and he is a guy I trust like unequivocally like he I if he tells me something I believe him 100 percent and so you know when he when he was an advocate for coach Woodson uh that that first of all eliminated any of my concerns about character stuff like I just I, I was all in on his character. I had no question he was a good person. I already knew he could coach basketball. I mean, that's not, that's not an issue. I mean, the guy, I, guys, I mean, he's almost like a savant, like in terms of like just coming up with basketball stuff. And so then the question was just kind of like, well, who are they surrounding him with? Because I know the college game's a lot different than the pro game. And so, you know, they, they put Thad around him. Well, a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people that know coach, coach Mata and everything comes back positive, um, you know, and, and then, you know, you look at money and some of those other guys that are, that are kind of in his corner. Um, you know, it just, I think he's, I think he's got a great demeanor for it. And, um, and I think the people that they've surrounded him with and to coach Woodson's credit, his humility and being willing to listen to those people mm. is impressive. Like, you know, and, and so it's just, it's a really good feel around the program and, you know, Gabe's, I mean, I walk in one day and Gabe's DMing LeBron about what he knows about Coach Woodson. I'm like, what are you talking to LeBron about? <laughs> he's, he's, so he's asking LeBron about Coach Woodson and, you know, LeBron checked out pretty well with them. And- yeah, what did what did King James have to say, Gabe, about Coach Woody? Um, I mean, he just said he hadn't personally interacted with him, but like everything that he has heard around the league, um, has been nothing but the best. Like everybody says coach Woodson is the best. That is awesome. Uh, coach, 
I know you've got to get to a coach's meeting because you've got a, a, a job to do, even though this commitment of your son seems like the only thing that's going on in the world for us. Uh, we are we are overjoyed to have your son and you and your wife and your daughter part of the Hoosier family. Uh, we can already tell that you're going to keep him grounded. Your wife's going to keep him grounded, although she's got to stop doing his laundry for him. We'll, we'll talk about that. And, <laughs> agree, uh, and he's going to be an all-time fan favorite at, at IU as well as being just an all-time great uh, because we know his work ethic is going to allow for that. So thank you for jumping on with us. And we're really uh, excited to get to know you more over the next six years or so. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. All right, Gabe. So... Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All right, Gabe. So, when we get your mom and dad on, does it make you nervous? Are you like, what are they going to say? Um, not really. I know they won't say anything too bad. <laughs> um, you've talked about your sister a few times. Tell us a little bit about your sister. She's your older sister. Yeah, she's twenty. Um, she goes to Wilmington College, um, like 35, 40 minutes from um, Centerville. And I mean, my relationship with her is unlike any other that I've seen with uh, brother and sister, um, just like growing up with her. I mean, we kind of grew up on a farm and um, my grandparents still live on a big dairy farm. And um, she's kind of been that farm girl um, that my mom was when she was growing up. Um, so she kind of got the farm side. I kind of got the basketball side and she loves basketball, loves watching it, but she is one of the most unathletic people I've ever seen. <laughs> and so just that kind of uh, polar opposite of us um, allowed us to be really close growing up. And, you know, I wouldn't trade our relationship for anything in the world. Along those lines, friendships. I'm still so close with my high school buddies. Um, and a lot of times we were on sports teams together. Is there is there room for friendships, a social life outside of basketball, or is it all kind of one in the same? Teammates, friends, it's a package deal. Um, yeah, I would say my teammates are basically my only friends. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, my AAU teammates are also my friends, and I don't see them year-round, really. Um, so, I mean, I have I have friends, I guess, but they're really my teammates. Um, as well as my friends. And, you know, I don't really have too big of a social life. People say I'm boring on the weekends just because I'm resting or working out or doing homework, you know, same thing on the weekends. Just do, do you, I mean, at least you got to like go out and get pizza after you win a game. Do you play video games at all? Is there anything you guys do to just relax a little bit? Um, we do go get something to eat. Usually on Thursdays, we get a B-dubs because it's buy one, get one free on boneless wings. So that's a pretty good deal for us. I down about 30 of those a night. Um, but I mean, yeah, we do. We, we try to build our relationship outside of basketball just because that'll make us so much better as a team. Um, when we get back on the court. Um, but yeah. Uh, look, I know one of your teammates on one of your teams is Reed Shepard. Now, look, I don't know where he's going, but he's announcing like this Saturday, right? Yeah. Look, if he goes to that other place, you know you have to hate him, right? <laughs> like you do. Has somebody sat you down and explained to you that you hate all things Kentucky and you hate all things Purdue? Has that conversation happened yet? Because we're happy to have it. <laughs> yeah, it has not happened yet, but I mean – 
I know our relationship will be really good, but you know, it's got to take a pause. It's got to take a pause. If he goes somewhere else, I'm I'm not holding back when we if we play each other. You know, I'm we're getting the win. All right, real quick, Ward, follow me on this, okay? okay. Sure. Chocolate or vanilla? What is this question? <laughs> yeah, you. You just we're gonna go rapid fire here to get to I'm know not, you. I'm I'm not sure okay. what he's doing either, Gabe. Chocolate. Okay. Chocolate. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate milk. Hip hop or country? Oh, that's both. I have I split that evenly. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Pizza or chicken wing? Uh, pizza. Ice cream or cookies? Um, does milkshake count as an ice cream? Ooh, I like the milkshake answer. Yeah. We'll just give you points for that. Milkshake. Okay. What kind of milkshake? Vanilla. I keep it simple. Wow. Chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. I drink a gallon of chocolate milk a week. So you love chocolate milk a gallon a week? <laughs> yeah, it's it's real. My mom's over here nodding because I, yeah. If I drink a gallon of chocolate milk a week, let's just say no one would come in this house. Let's just say that. Um, but, but wait, you drink chocolate milk by the gallon, but you don't like chocolate milkshakes? No, I, I like vanilla milkshakes better. I, it's weird. All like, right. I, like my mom said, I'm weird. As a viewer, as a fan, college basketball or NBA basketball? College, easily. Mm. Superman or Batman? I don't, I've never watched like Marvel movies before, but I I don't know, just Superman, I guess. All right, I I like it. You are old school. You're an old soul. You've heard that before, right? You're an old soul? Yeah. Okay, here's what's great. You have two years before you're an Indiana Hoosier on the court, but obviously you are now one of us. You get to now be an Indiana fan for a couple of years. Will you be watching tonight's game? Will you be watching all the games? I will be watching the games um, unless they get a little too late. I'll probably um, watch a little bit of of the one tonight, Um, but then I got to get to bed because we got practice at 530 tomorrow, so. Got to got to be up at four fifteen. Wow, that is horrific. That is a. Let horrific. me tell you something. Ward Ward could look at him. He's just the <laughs> idea of you saying four fifteen in the morning. It's bothering him. Like he's really upset about it. It's so much closer to my bedtime. <laughs> I'm at, I'm asleep at nine almost every night. I like it. Um, so. You've been to Bloomington a lot as a prospect and as a recruit, but not as a commitment. When is the next time you plan on going to Bloomington? And are you prepared for how cool that's going to feel with everybody there knowing that you have committed to the school? Um, I'm not sure exactly when it is, but I'm definitely looking forward to, to going back as a commit. Um, I mean, when I was there on Friday, um, I was like walking into the locker room and the student section, like a group of like 15 people were like, we love you, Gabe. <laughs> I was like, how do you like know that I'm here and like, no, that's me walking. But, you know, I think it'll all be, you know, raised up with being a commit now. You, you know what? I do want to ask you this because look, there's no question that you are advanced when it comes to social media. 
Like you, you do a lot on social media. Uh, obviously you've got a ton of Instagram followers, but there's a lot of old timers. I think that are fans that don't really get social media. And so they don't really towards <laughs> raising his hand. Like when you see things that are put out by IU fans over these last few weeks of people telling you how much they wanted you to come to Indiana, you know, the stupid videos that, that I did, but everything like that. Do you like that stuff? Did, did, did that make you feel good? Yes. I, I love that stuff. It's, it's weird, but like I, like <laughs> my mom and I said, like I'm weird. So fits right in with me. I, I love it. So you're on the perfect you're show. Mom. You're on the perfect yeah. show. I was going to say, it's, is your mom still right there? She's sitting on the couch over there, but she can hear you. So just ask her this question. Does she think that I'm weird for those videos? <laughs> yes. She, she laughed and said, I think they're funny. We think of weird as <laughs> funny. Okay, our- good, 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 good to know. I do wonder this because you're a digital native. You grew up with this and considering the kind of career you've had, the success you've led your high school team to, everything with LeBron and how that challenge blew up, uh, it's all been a very positive experience for you. Um, What, if any kind of uh, filters or coping mechanisms do you have, are you developing for, for the toxicity that can come through social media? Do you have a way to just filter that stuff out and not let it affect you? Um, yeah, I mean, my dad and I have talked a bunch about it. Um, when I first kind of started to get um, popular on social media, um, my freshman year, before my freshman year, actually, the summer of, um, it kind of started to pick up and like, I was super nervous playing and like, didn't want to let people down. And like, my dad just told me like, you can't get pulled in all these directions. You can't make everybody happy. So um, one of the things we talked about was a square squad. And that's just like those people, like I trust their opinion and they're going to want what's best for me, no matter what. Um, And they're going to tell me, they're going to tell me what they think. And so like my mom, my dad, my sister, my grandparents, like all those people that I trust, like those are the people that I listen um, to with criticism. Uh, everybody else with criticism, I don't pay any attention to them. And also with praise. I mean, like everybody, one person could be praising you and then the next week they could be, you know, criticizing you. But those square squad, like they'll they'll stay true to you. Would you like us to be in your square squad? <laughs> I would. Yeah, we're in. Um, I want to run uh, through just a few nicknames that I came up for. Do you have a nickname? Um, technically. What is it? Um, the human ant. What? <laughs> what? Where does that come from? I love it. I love it. But what? Where does that come from? Um, it has. It has a. Um kind of bad meaning like not bad but like bad where I can't say like the actual meaning to people um just because like one of my one of my dad's assistant coaches kind of came up with it um but the the reason like I tell like my grandma yeah uh that is because like ants are super like hard working and they're small but like they're gonna fight and they're super strong um for like how small they are I love that, but it's killing me to not know the real reason. I, I, it, I well, you got to give us the real reason. We're all adults here. I mean, I mean, you just couldn't put it out anywhere. 
You like can't, it, I can't. I can't put it out on the podcast. No. <laughs> wow. Color me intrigued. Let's just yeah. leave it like that. It's a tease. It's a tease. Um, yeah. I did. I did want to run these by you because I thought you're going to be filling it up from deep. So I thought, what do you think about if the announcers after you hit a three said, "Gabe filling up the cups." <laughs> that's one. You like that's, that? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. How about? Gabe, it's in the cups. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good too. How about this is like after you've hit three in a row. Gabe, my cups runneth over. What? <laughs> <laughs> and one more, one more. After you've had such a good game and the announcers are talking about your play and, and how they like your play and they say, I got to tell you, Gabe is my cups of tea. Okay, that one is good. That one's good. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, here's one. Here's one that's going right on the discard pile. When you go over for a timeout and a manager gives you some water, it's sippy cups time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Okay, I just what? came up with that right now. Like <laughs> picture of me in a bib and a binky on the big screen or something. That's Nope. <laughs> yep. Dead on arrival. All right, Gabe. It's, a, it's an empty gym. You've got a ball in your hands. You shoot a hundred free throws. How many do you need to make for you to be happy with your performance out of a hundred? Um, anything, anything below ninety, I would be disappointed. Okay. Three pointers. Hundred three pointers. How many do you need to make to be satisfied? Um, anything below seventy-five, I would probably be disappointed i i love it i mean ward and i combined haven't made 75 three-pointers in our lives nope nope <laughs> the best i've made in a row is like 32 i think but how, how many free throws have you made in a row uh actually i just like two weeks ago i made like 65 in a row but that's like 63 more than my record <laughs> <laughs> gabe Thank you so much for taking this much time out of your very busy schedule. Uh, as you could probably tell, we're over the moon that you're wearing an IU hat right now. And we'll be cheering you on from afar uh, for the next couple of seasons. And boy, we can't wait for you to get to Bloomington full time. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. You'd be good. And please tell your mom, Betsy, that we love her and we, uh, we, we thank her for allowing us to be weird with you. She laughed and said, you're welcome. All right. When we see you in Bloomington, we will definitely, uh, we'll definitely hook up and, and shake your hand in person. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. See you, brother. That was a guest. That was a guest. There is so much to unpack with this kid. But let's just start with, you know, I'm thinking about going to play for Indiana. I really like to do some reference checking on the head coach. Huh? <laughs> Who do I call? Who do I know that may have some connections? Oh, I know. Bloop, 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 bloop. Hey, LeBron, it's Gabe. What do you know about Coach Woody? I mean, what in the hell? Hey, LeBron, I know you've been the greatest basketball player on the planet since I was born. Yeah, like before, like, before he was born. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like it, it, you can't because, you know, 
Jordan came back and then he came back again, but it was never quite the same. Like LeBron's been at the top of the game or a top five player in the game since before this kid was born up till present day, if he's healthy. And for that kid, just to be able to put him on the DM speed dial is, uh, you know, it's quite a resource to have. And I love how being in that atmosphere around Bronny and then you you accompany that with oh a state championship game like maybe you're already starting to see the fruits of playing in that kind of environment from a very young age yeah and i'll tell you what it means to me more than anything this kid ain't getting phased by anything exactly you know what i mean like yeah. he ain't afraid he seems to welcome it he has a confidence about him a, a moxie that I'm sorry, we saw in Tamar, we see in Jalen hood Shafino a little bit, you see it in Ja'Kai Newton. For sure. You know, like, you, there is a pattern of what Woody is looking for and liking, and a pattern of clearly the kind of guy that is connecting to Woody. They just will all get in that gym together and be like, yeah, we're doing this. It's not like, well, let's see, let's try. Maybe we can get there. It's like, no, they're all men on a mission. And I love with Gabe. I don't think we've ever heard this before. He identifies first as a competitor. Yes. And basketball happened to be the, the path he chose, probably in large part thanks to his father, as an outlet for that competitive nature. And you, 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 you like, I, I, I didn't think about somebody being built that way before, but of course it can only make me think of the last dance with Michael Jordan tossing quarters at the wall with the security guards. Like he's just a competitor. What do you got? What do you want to compete at? Totally. And I love when his dad describes him and the first word that comes out of his mouth is, He's chippy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a guy that annoys the opponents. This is, this is, you know, it's funny. There's been so many comparisons. Whenever we get a recruit or we're in on a recruit, it's all like, oh, it, you mean, is he like Tyler Hero? Is he like, and like, everybody just picks crazy, you know, um, comparisons. Like, the best of the best. I saw, is he Steve Nash? Well, it's it's almost purely like on physical appearance too, you know, and and not just like race, but like build or whatever. They'll just kind of be like, I saw a picture of this guy, and he kind of reminds me of him. Does he have that guy's game? It's like, what, yeah, exactly. What are we doing here? But I will tell you, the guy that I immediately thought of is Michael Lewis. Mm. Like, I mean, they both play the point guard position. They're, they're, they're decent sized. They're not tiny, but they're not overwhelming you with their size. Gabe, I think clearly is a better athlete than, than Michael was, but they're both super quick and they have this asshole in them. They have this, <laughs> they have this moxie to them where they're not going to be afraid of the moment. They want to run the team. Like how many times did he say that? Like I can run the team. Um, I just love that. I mean, this is a program building piece. It's a foundational piece. And how much he loves the tradition of Indiana, hearing his dad talk about your favorite, the script Indiana warm-up shirts and the candy stripes, and just hearing how they talk about how much basketball matters to Indiana, 
and how much it matters to them. And therefore, by the transitive property, it all works itself out. It just makes me so happy. It just seems like such a perfect fit organically. It's like, here they are living their life over here for the last 16 years. Here's Woody and I, you on their trajectory. And they meet up, thanks to one, Brian Walsh. And it all just makes sense and fit. It doesn't have to be like, oh, well, um, hopefully this thing is a little more important to him than that thing. It's just like, oh, no, he clearly belongs in the candy stripes. Ward, this guy we just talked to is 16 years old. It's pretty crazy. I mean, he looks 16, but he does not talk 16. He does not act 16. My son is 14. (laughs) And these kids, I mean, look, my son is a fairly mature kid too for his age. But this kid, I mean, he answers things thoughtfully. He's quick. He has enough confidence in himself to let his personality show, which you and I have talked about a lot, that sometimes these guys are just so sheltered, you know, and and, and tense that they just can't be themselves. It, it reminds me a lot of, you know, if you watch, you don't watch a lot of baseball, but in baseball, you get a lot of... <laughs> In baseball, you get a lot of guys who don't speak English, you know, who are, are from Dominican Republic or even from Japan and Korea. And, and when they interview them, they are trying so hard to find the words that you never get a sense of their personality because sure. it's just all trying to find the word. And that's how I think of so often athletes when they get interviewed, they are just so worried about what they're going to say that they're not confident enough to just be themselves. This kid has personality and confidence in spades and clearly a work ethic in spades that is just, he's an Indiana kid. And there's a, a joy in it, clearly. Yes. You can see it, and and as, as tense as I'm sure it gets between father and son, particularly on the court, there's a warmth there, there's a joy there. And when you talk about somebody being confident to show some personality, to uh, not only admit, but celebrate being weird, which is obviously very welcome on this show. Yes. Uh, But what about Woody in his press conferences? Just, you know, I'm pretty sure it was towards the end, Gabe, did Gabe cuss? Maybe that was the Rabbi interview. uh, Something stuck in my mind. Mm. But he dropped, you know, an ass or a damn or a hell or something dropped. And Woody does that in his press conferences. And look, you and I don't have like sailor mouths on this show, but I mean, like I cuss way more in real life than I do on this show. (laughs) Um, I think I'm pretty equal, to be honest. Yeah, it's probably. But I guess I just notice it more on this show. But the, the, the fact is, it does show you're not completely media trained to death. You just hey, I'm. This is me. Take me or leave me. If I say something that maybe upsets you or wrong, uh, hits you the wrong way, that's not my intention. But I am who I am, and Lord knows to to have that at sixteen, um, can't imagine what he's like rolling in as a freshman. Yeah, I mean the other teams are gonna hate him. I will tell you when he when his mom and then his dad were talking about how he does not like to do things for himself. I did think that it was like the Will Ferrell character from old school where he's just leaning back. Ma, the meatloaf. 
<laughs> kind we, of what I was thinking. We see on the message boards that Gabe went streaking tonight after yeah, the podcast. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the meatloaf. Um, wait, was it old school? No, Wedding Crashers. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of. Wedding Crashers. I was like, ah! it was, no, it was, it's the guy that's like 40 living in his parents' house. And he just screams from the basement for the ma to get him the meatloaf. Well, and that's, um, that's like the entire story of Step Brothers, too. Yes, exactly. But they're but in Wedding Crashers, this character has real moxie to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas in, in Step Brothers, they're just idiots. <laughs> but but I just the relationship between mom and, and son and 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 the mom having to break apart the fights between the son and the father, and they're all from this place of competitiveness, which is great. And you know, Crean used to talk about this a lot, like when he recruited Jordy, I remember. He's like, We want winners. We want kids yes. who win, who only care about winning. And clearly this kid won a state championship his sophomore year. All he wants to do is win. And you need that, especially when we're taking some bigger swings on some five-star talent. You need those other guys who don't care about getting their shots up, you know, getting mine. You just need guys who want to do everything they can to win. And my favorite part, is that he drew 38 charges last year. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to jump out of your chair when he said that. I mean, that's that's all I need to know. That is all I need to know about what kind of player he is. 38 charges as a sophomore playing varsity, putting his body on the line to only help the team. That Drawing a charge is just doing something that can hurt yourself to help your team. That's it. When you were talking about, oh, you know, other other players that are out there that we might be looking at, and I look already with the players committed, just the level of, of ball handling, of distribution, of just guys being able to play the one and the two, maybe sometimes even have three of them out there, it's... It, the future is very bright because we'll see if X stays another year. Rob's probably gone. You know, Christian's there. But then when you look at Jalen hood Shafino, Ja'Kai, Gabe, you know, who knows about like Miro Little, but he's obviously uh, being heavily recruited, that it's like, whoa, whoa, I don't remember ever feeling this good about our guard play this far into the future. Cause even with like Jordy and Yogi, you know, it was like those years it'd be like, Oh, and then, you know, James can shoot it, but you know, who's okay. Robert's okay. Uh, running. When the- we had, when we had Yogi as a senior, right. Yogi, yeah. Robert Johnson and James Blackman, that was pretty special. Yeah. But, but it just seems like this is one where we're going to have two guys who can really, see what's going on on the floor and distribute it. If they need to maybe create something. You're talking about Jalen hood and, and Gabe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Assuming there, but even, even when you talk about like, I think Tamar is going to be able to be up there and doing some of that work, you know, I'm not sure he'll be there. Right. You know, I mean, but, but uh, it's, some of them won't be there because either they go pro, right? Maybe we lose a guy or two in the portal. Maybe we get one or two back that way. Yeah, I wasn't assuming portal. I was just assuming. I think sky's the limit for tomorrow. He explodes. He has a good freshman year. Explodes sophomore year. Yeah, goes but, to the pros. But it's uh, attrition is going to be part of it one way or the other. Obviously, Which is we, why you need so many. That's it. And it's just like wow, we, we keep getting them. Like we've we've gotten 
uh, it feels like more since Woody showed up than we got in the previous four years. That might actually be accurate. It's another top 100 kid from out of state. I mean, that's that's the story of the recruiting so far, is that the out-of-state struggles have been washed away. I mean, they're just gone. Tamar Bates, Jalen Hood-Shafino, Ja'Kai Newton, Gabe Cups. I mean, they're just gone. They're absolutely gone. So, and then add to that what we know the staff is going to be focused on, and that's the transfer portal. And I maintain this staff is uniquely suited to do very well in the transfer portal. I really believe that. So far, so good. Yeah, I mean, look, we saw one season of it, but I just think that Woody, the charisma that he brings to the table, if we're able to show some improvement this year, make the NCAA tournament, which will matter, and style of play is fun and more open, I just think that he's more suited for those short recruitments than a three-year build a relationship with a 15-year-old kid. Even the Gabe Cups recruitment ward was not a long recruitment. Granted, Brian Walsh recruited him yeah. when Archie was here. Well, but- and, and this is, you know, those guys will continue to have to lay the groundwork from now to guys who are going to show up in 2025. And-, and by the way, that is how it's been explained to me is how it works. Like Brian Walsh and Benny Sander and, and, and that team, but really Brian Walsh leads recruiting of the underclasses. They identify those guys. And, and work them, and work them. Get in, build the relationships, and then bring in the other guys. But the other guys are more focused. Yah and Kenya and Dane, you know, and especially Kenya and, and Yah were focused on 22 and 23. And Kenya wasn't even looking at 24. And really, you know, Xavier Booker was the first one he was really focused on in 23. But that's clearly what Brian Walsh did. But my point is, it's still a short recruitment from Woody's perspective. I mean, and it, right. granted, granted, Gabe Cup's visited 17 times, so that <laughs> accelerates how much you get to know somebody. But it's been basically a five-month recruitment, mm-hmm. and and he does well in in those. And with the transfer portal the way it is, I think that's where you're going to find a lot of answers for filling in specific needs: big men, a shooter. You know, like that that are plug and play. Going. That they're like they've already had some experience. They've shown they can do it get them into to coach Woody's laboratory to tweak this and that within our system. They, they can look at the tape from where that guy was and be like, yep, we're just going to plop you right in here for a season or two and it'll help both sides. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. And Woody again with that's what he had to do in the NBA, obviously with the Hawks at the beginning, it was a little different. He was bringing a bunch of guys up, but normally it's like, Oh, we got three new pieces this year that I need to integrate overnight and get as much out of them or otherwise we're all going to be out of a job. Human ant. Your guess is as good as mine. What do you think? If you had to take a guess on the not safe for work explanation, do human do do I mean, do humans do ants? I mean, I just have to think it's. Uh, I mean, something. I don't know. Are you be- going like sexual? Why else wouldn't it's they not say sexual? It? It's what, not sexual. What like like they like they poop a lot? You know, like what? It's got to be gross or sexual it's got to be it's not sexual it's not he's talking to his mom about it it's not sexual it's not it's not that's not where this family rolls oh oh i didn't realize you you knew them so well yeah well clearly we're best friends now and (laughs) and and because he's not talking to about it with his grandma yeah he's not but he's talking to his mom about it It, he's not it's not sexual about an aunt dude 
I mean, okay, then what else could be so wrong that they well, let me say this say I, think, air? I also think, look, there is a huge delta between what you and I find inappropriate and what a really good kid finds inappropriate. So keep in mind that our bar for inappropriate <laughs> is way different than Gabe Cubs' bar. And you and I don't need to know him that well to know that. That's a great point. Yeah, the, okay. the, the farm boy from Ohio has, uh, he's not nearly as twisted as we I mean, honestly, inappropriate for him might be that like ants are known to have big asses. Like who knows? Like that could be, oh, I can't share that. And we're like, well, you don't know us. That would be the most appropriate thing on our show. <laughs> so I don't know, but I do, I mean, I my head immediately goes to Ant-Man and Ant-Man is super strong. Right. right? Yeah. So I like that he's super strong, freakishly strong. I don't know why that's inappropriate, but no, it's not. He he said that's the the safe for work answer. That you know, twenty times normal and work ethic. How hard they work and and their their team. They're a community. They work. They all work as a collective. They, as a collective, um, yeah. So I oh, speaking of which. I don't I don't really like he is poised to do well in NIL because of his social, social media. media savvy. But it I think maybe it passed through my mind, but I'm just like, I don't think NIL and how much money he can make while he's there is <laughs> as little to no impact on why he chose Indiana. Like maybe they're just really savvy and they were like, Let's not say outwardly, publicly, that we like how much cash he can make as an Indiana Hoosier, um, but it it certainly didn't seem to be uh, a characteristic of his his priorities of like I want to do this to make money. I'm I want to get you know paid. It's yeah, but even if it was like that's not it's not casting aspersions on him. Look, I the NIL presentation was part of his official visit presentation, so I do. I, for most of these guys now, it's just, for a lot of them, it's a box that needs to be checked. You know, like, oh, do you have good facilities? Okay, great. The facilities aren't why I'm coming to your school, but if you had real shitty facilities, that would be a mark against you. Oh, okay, NIL, are there real NIL opportunities? Great, I'll worry about that later. I know that they're there. But it it wasn't mentioned, and he does talk about Assembly Hall, you know, and like when he talked with Rabbi, anything else, it just is, it doesn't seem, I haven't heard, it doesn't seem to be in an ether that's like, oh, it really helps that he's going to be able to do better at IU through NIL compared to Stanford. It's like, I, I agree with you. He, that NIL did not factor into why he picked Indiana. There were and, other reasons. And, and nobody accepts the reality and the importance of NIL more than you or I. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still old school and I find it refreshing that a player wants to come to IU because their dad loves the script warm-up shirt. Yeah. I mean, look, he's enamored with the history and the tradition. He's clearly enamored with going to a school where basketball is everything and not just a thing, but the thing. And, and it does seem like karmically he found his home and why drag it out? And uh, man, it's 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 awesome that that he decided to commit. We have Jakai Newton and Gabe Cups, who are two very different players um, that both seem like just they come from great families. They're good kids. They're strong willed. They're confident. They they know who they are. They're comfortable in their own skin. 
They seem to be about the right things. I mean, man, things are, as you said, the future looks bright. And, and it's just, you got to give Woody credit, not just for the players, but the people that he's bringing in. It's, it's pretty special right now what's happening, this parade of people and how impressive they all are. And look, it's, it's riches upon riches because even going back for FanFest and for the Eastern Michigan game and to get to see the Galloways and the Leals and the Bates and getting to meet Rob Finnessy's mom, Tanika, it, there's already so many great families and parents around that program and all the new guys you just listed who, who just showed up or who are going to be coming before too long. Like you look at that as a, as an entirety, as a whole, and you're like, this is a wonderful community of people and that these kids are all just going to have a real great shot in life on and off the court um, for being around not only these families, but specifically all day, every day, these kids who are raised by these great parents, you're like, they, they all really have great heads on their shoulders. Which brings up a great question. When someone's last name ends in S and you are trying to do the plural, yes. what is the appropriate response? Is it the Bateses? The Bates. Or you, you just cut it off at Bates. We're the Roberts family. These are all the Roberts. You are the Roberts family. That's the yes. Bates family. Yep. But how many Robertses can fit in a car? You would not say that. It's, it's a clown car. So, right, sure. Than most. How um, many? What about when you're doing possessive? Like it's the Roberts's car. Is it the Roberts apostrophe at the end of that? I believe that is grammatically correct, but I'm, I'm sure, not sure. Even I will, and and often for humor, be like, "We're the Roberts's." Like you know, just like add es on there, which is completely wrong, but kind of funny. But I think it's pretty much. You just have to throw that apostrophe on the end and the possessive works. See, I don't think that would be grammatically correct if I had to guess, because Roberts is your name. Right. Bates is the name. To imply possession, you have to add a apostrophe S unless it is plural. And if it is plural, then it's just the apostrophe. But, but Roberts I, is your name like Pankowski is my name. Thank you for clarifying that. But what I, I believe is when you're, I don't know if it applies to all proper nouns, but I think at least for names that end in S, you just need it. I'm going to look it up right now. If proper noun ends in S, do you add apostrophe s i just don't think i've ever seen that i've seen it for sure okay let's see oh, this is interesting how to make words that end in s possessive oh it says the issue isn't as cut and dried as some grammar rules just know that uh Hold on. You can cut some of this out. I kind of wish we could have a meter that shows how many listeners we're losing. All, <laughs> just, the meter just says all. Brrr. It just says all of that. <laughs> 
plural nouns generally don't get an extra s, just an apostrophe. Yeah. Most experts suggest you form the plural form of the word first, then add the apostrophe. So you do do Roberts's apostrophe. That's what it's saying. You would do Roberts es apostrophe. That's because it's saying the Jones, the Jones house would be the Joneses, J-O-N-E-S apostrophe house. I have heard that keeping up with the Joneses as far as, so the Robertses, I mean, I've always said that tongue in cheek, but I, I guess according to some experts, I'm, I'm being correct. Now this is saying if it's two syllables, you just do a, apostrophe after the S. If it's one syllable like Zeus, it would be Zeus's temper. So this is a different explanation. Like this is another- There's so, the bottom line is, this is some of the worst content we've ever done. I, I appreciate that and I feel bad for the listeners, but I do feel like I should know. You should know. I mean, your, your name ends in an S. But what you've just done in this very shallow deep dive on this is that just do whatever you want. Nobody really agrees on how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, I would start adding brackets at the end. I think that'd be cool if you just started doing a thing. And then when people are like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, when your name ends in an S, if you want possession, you put a closed bracket at the end of it. <laughs> That's just look it up. That's it. All right, man. I couldn't be more excited that Gabe Cups and his family, Betsy and Brooke are part of the Hoosier family uh, and his sister, um, who I hope to get to meet at some point at a game. I'm just uh, glad he didn't hang up on us when he started throwing those nicknames at him. They were pretty bad, right? No, they were good. They were good. Hold on. There was one that I didn't read. <laughs> I, I mean. Oh, man. See, and where my mind goes isn't okay for the podcast. Two, two girls, one cup? Well, two Gabes, one cup. Yeah, yeah. I thought about that, too, and decided not to do it. <laughs> um, but then there's a phrase that um, – there's a phrase about twixt the cups and lip. Is that Shakespeare? There's a twist – twixt a spin twixt the cups and lip and i was like gabe there's a title twix the gabe there's an assist twixt the cups and lip terrible yeah no that was best you save that one just for me <laughs> what about gabe there's a tempest in a hoosier cups okay what about gabe Te forgot to wear his cups yeah have you ever heard of tempest in a teacup yeah. That's what I was doing there. All right. Well, this has been great. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the but sometimes, sometimes why. why. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. <laughs>